Hello, and welcome to the Cash News Podcast, informative conversations about all things currency and cash. We'll share insights on the issues affecting the world of cash today, like cash security, payments technology, and the cash supply chain. Your hosts, Tom Meehan and Sean Ferrari, hope to inform industry professionals and support better cash security and management by sharing the latest information on trends, strategies, and technology. This is the Cash News Podcast. Now, here's Tom and Sean. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Cash News Podcast. Sean. Hello. Hello, everybody. It's uh, great to see you. Uh, we apologize to our listeners. It's, it's, I know we're, our producers have done a great job kind of spreading our episodes out, but um, I'll put it on me. I've been delinquent in getting to Tom with uh, a lot of time that we can we can do these. So we're going to rectify that and make sure we have a steady stream. But it's good to good to talk to everybody. Good to uh, see folks that are listening. See folks that are listening. Uh, see folks that are watching. See folks that are watching, listening. Yeah, I, I, I think our commitment has always been we tried to be consistent. I think we talked about it. We're gonna we've decided that even if scheduling is challenging, we'll do small kind of snippets, 15, 20 minutes to make sure that we're getting out to the the public the information that um we think everybody needs. It's it's episode 44, almost 50 episodes. It's kind of wild. Yeah, yeah, episode 44. My birthday is coming up uh, in a week, and I think uh, for all the listeners out there, I believe I'm going to be 45, so we'll do a birthday podcast um, thing. We're, we're, we're having a party. We're, ha- <laughs> we're having a party on the podcast. We've, we've tried to have parties before, but for some reason, um, we, we've, we've not actually uh, been able to have a party. I think actually our first if you remember, Sean, our first episode, we were supposed to have cocktails, we and it, it didn't work out. We we've had cocktails on the podcast, so like <laughs> yeah. I mean, when we're together just, in person, uh, yeah, yeah, that's generally what happens. So I don't want to, certainly don't want to misguide anybody on that. That we'll definitely do that. But I think um, today, you know, being it's March fourteenth, and a lot has happened this week. Let's yeah, let's uh, yeah, let's talk about the run on banks. Yeah, it's been an active the- week for the uh, currency and payments. Um, payments. Yeah. There's no shortage of things to talk about. Um, with banks collapsing, being propped up, uh, runs on banks, all sorts of things, especially in the crypto space. Um, so, so yeah, yeah. SVB, as we all know, um, has gone into receivership, and the FDIC and the Fed and others are kind of making making depositors whole which is which is great um and i think you know there's there's a lot we can take away so today we're going to talk a little bit about what that means for the kind of the currency space crypto space cbdc space um we're gonna try to give you a a crash discussion in it we're only gonna go for probably about 10 15 minutes now um but we'll talk about it a little bit and we can We'll, we'll, we'll continue talking about it after after both Tom and I digest it a little more. Um, and uh, the next episode, we can go a little more in depth. But it's been fascinating. I mean, it's, it's I think, you know, we were talking before this, the, the speed of it happening, um, I think, is something new and different uh, in, in this event, um, which, which lends us to talk about kind of the instant payment aspect of it. Um, the, also, I think, so I think starting with that one, um, you know, it, it it's just what's one of the things that's different about this one is 
for that amount of deposits to be able to be withdrawn as quickly as they were makes this different, right? Um, in general than what's happened before. Uh, and, and I think some of, some of what's interesting about the two banks that had difficulties, right, is that what they specialized in was actually moving funds quickly um, because, of, because they were banking uh, the crypto world. And a lot of that relies on and the, the way these banks could uh, service that industry and why they, one of the reasons they were so popular among the industry was that they had systems in place to move funds fast. Um, to settle funds, to move them. And a lot of other banks uh, don't have that ability yet, or they're coming to have that ability, but these guys were some of the more innovative in that, in that space. Um, FedNow will make it available to everyone, um, which I think is a whole other discussion we can get into in terms of what safeguards have to be put on so that you maybe can slow down a, a run a little bit. Ooh, see that, that's scary. So slow yeah. down, you're going to from getting my money fast that's what that yeah yeah uh, I, know. I, I know it's very i think so i think it's important to kind of talk through svp versus signature because they're two very different yeah. kind of animals and also to kind of uh for the listeners and i i i we'll, we'll actually do an article about this episode i think it's that important is this is not 2008 this is not Lehman Brothers or Washington Mutual. This is not banks. Uh, so I'll talk about SVP, SVB for Silicon Valley Bank. Is this is not you know poor business practices. This is kind of the perfect storm. I mean, you're talking about a bank that lost 160 billion dollars in evaluation in a 24-hour period. You're talking about a bank that 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 had you know it was the 16th largest. So. I, I'm frustrated when I keep hearing regional bank. They're not a regional bank. Maybe they're regional because there's their name is Silicon Valley, but they were a very large player. And when you talk about 16, oh, 16, the top five um, grossly uh, are, are more than the, the than the, the next 15. So when you're you're when you're talking 14, 15, and 16 are within a couple billion dollars. I'm not minimizing billion dollars, but you're it's different. So S. SVB had $209 million in assets and $175.5 million in, in, in deposits. I think that's important because there's some crypto in here. So just for those of us that can't do good math, that means that most of their money was cash. It was not, they weren't heavily invested in this. And I don't, you know, speed of this is wild. In a, in a one day period, they had $42 billion withdrawn from them in cash. So give the context of size. So the next time you see in the news, a small bank, it, this is not a small bank, <laughs> certainly not, you know, one of the larger. And I think Sean, I'll, I'll lean on you a little here because I probably won't explain it the, the way out the way that I really want to really look at this is again, this isn't bad loans that they weren't getting paid on. This was, you know, they were invested in, in sh short-term futures options, all the things that banks are supposed to, and the hyperinflation caused the money to not come in. And then they were faced with this really interesting um, uniqueness of that they were a heavily startup driven bank. Most of their customers were startups. And in the last 10 months, VCs stopped funding startups. So startups had to start going to the bank. Put yeah. those three things together and you have a very, very unique challenge. Yeah, you do. No, absolutely. I mean, I think, yes. So the rising interest rates definitely they couldn't sell the, the the securities they had purchased, right? Because they purchased them with low interest rates and now the government's selling securities at high interest rates. 
So who's going to buy the ones with the low interest rates? Yep. No one. <laughs> so, so that was, that's a bit of a problem. So they couldn't get money that way. And then, as you said, the, the VCs and just the crypto space has really dried up in terms of funding um, right now, uh, given all the uncertainty and what's going on. So they couldn't get money in that way. Um, at the same time, what's what's interesting, because there's so many small startups uh, in kind of as customers of these banks, right? They rely on a very large amount of liquidity to be able to make payrolls, right? <laughs> or just fund expenses. Yeah. So, and that was the other interesting thing here, where it was essentially like, and why the government stepped in and said, hey, we'll guarantee more than $250,000. Because for a lot of these folks, they have billions, millions, billion, millions of dollars in deposits at these banks, which to an, an average person sounds crazy. You're like, wait, what? Why would you do that? Well, it's because that's where they bank. And to make a payroll and pay monthly expenses, that's what right. they need. <laughs> yeah. um, and it's... It's just a very interesting dynamic. So when when all of that money fled the bank over a day, um, you had a lot of startups looking at it saying, I got to get my money out now and move it somewhere else quickly because I need to pay bills. <laughs> um, and that just, it snowballed, right? It snowballed. Um, very quickly. <laughs> very quickly, very quickly. Um, and you see, you know, on the on the crypto side of things, uh, I mean, I think the, the big thing there is you saw USDC lose its peg, right? So they, so um, that was a stable coin, um, is a stable coin, just a little less stable at the moment, um, that, that, you know, was commonly thought of as one of the most stable, well-backed stable coins um, out there. But when you can't access your funds, um this type of thing happens, right? So it lost its peg. Um, it froze trading on Coinbase, I think, over the weekend. Um, yep. so you couldn't actually trade or, or withdraw from from USDC. Uh, so, I mean, it has lingering effects. Um, it's yet another example of risk um, that we've continually talked about with with these stable coins. Yeah, they're they're a lot more stable than other things, and even the ones that are backed by treasury securities and um, some bank accounts, you have this issue, um, which then argues again, if you, if you dovetail that all the way around to the discussions we've had at for like central bank digital currencies and people say, why is, why do you need that when you have stable coins? Well, this is a potential use case um, where uh, granted it's a little extreme, but uh, you know, cash, much like a CBDC doesn't devalue. Um, it won't lose its peg in the US, right? I mean, it, if, if you have $100 of CBDC, it will always be $100 of CBDC. Um, so, I mean, it's a there's a lot to unpack with this and what it means for different tools and different payment instruments, but fascinating. Yeah, let's well, so let's talk about Signature Bank because I think the two yeah. are getting lumped together and I think it's very different. So first of all, size and scope, you go, uh, so $209 billion for SVP, $88 billion for Signature Bank. Still not small, but way, way smaller in, in actuality. And I think it's important to note, a little bit different, they had $16.5 billion tied up in digital assets. 
So 88 million, you know, almost 20 million in digital assets that um, it's still kind of early because the it's slowly coming out. We don't know what that really means, but it's highly likely that that was crypto. They lost that. Um, very different kind of scenario here because this is um, a bank that, um, again, was more of a Silicon Valley like tech type bank. But New York regional, this is more of a regional bank. Um, and people just went to get their money. And the reality is that the money wasn't there. You know, they they had um, very similar, some similarities in the fact that the inflation where they bought treasury, it's smaller, they couldn't sell, but there was much more crypto. And I think there's going to be much more that comes out of this um, later with Signature Bank, because I think there's much more scrutiny on how much, how diversified they were, where they were. Um, on the on the kind of bright side here, if you can call a bright side, the FDIC, um, which is is not taxpayer funded, well, not the fund isn't, the, the organization is, is an insurance, it is insurance that banks pay into. And the US government and the FDIC got together and, and they made everybody whole. So the normal limits are 250 per person or 500,000 for a couple, there's different things. And I think it's interesting because the media is talking about precedent, but the FDIC by design as an insurance company has the ability to change what their payout is. That's that's actually not, it's not as, as complicated as people think. And as far as setting precedent, I think certainly with SVP or SVB, you'd have a problem. I mean, you had massive companies that could not pay people because the bank defaulted, not because they did. So like Etsy is the one that keeps coming up. Etsy over the weekend could not pay any sellers could not pay anybody. There were two payroll companies, like legitimate, you know, payroll companies that could not pay because their money <laughs> was not being given to them. So um, it's, it, this is not a bailout. I, I think that that's the, the another important thing here. It, it is while it might feel like a bailout, this is what this is insurance is designed for. Um, I think the signature bank thing for everybody to be keep in mind. That's where I think you're going to get some noise of, wait a second, did we give a bank money because they improperly, you know, invested in crypto? And then the question comes, what does that mean, right, Sean? What does improperly investing in crypto even mean? There's no regulation. So right. Yeah. No, I mean, this is, it's, it's going to definitely just add fuel to the, we need regulation um, yep. in the space fire, which is is true. I think a lot of people have agreed um, that we do need regulation in this space and this yeah. This is going to be one of those cases that forces that, right? And and that just is the way it's the way policy making works, right? You you need a forcing event, and sometimes you need a couple of them um, to to help clarify things. I think it in the crypto space, it's going to be interesting to see kind of how the regulations take take shape. Just just because there's it's such a innovative and complex space that. There's not a lot of people in the world, let alone in Congress or um, on, on congressional staff, dealing with everything they have to deal with that have a firm understanding of the crypto space, right? So it's going to be interesting to make policies and regulations. It's needed, but it's going to be a challenge. Um, and there will be several iterations of them because, you know, chances are when you have high profile significant events like this um, policies will come out quickly now um, and the question is just you know how you know 
how well thought through are they, right? Um, yeah. And it'll, it's going to take some iterations to get it right, and that's to be expected. But um, and, and it's changing, right? I think it's we're, in this, we're in this evolution of really interesting times. And globally, um, you know, SVB, VB, SVP, I don't know why. I, it sounds like I'm saying P, but I'm saying B, and I don't know why. Um, uh, their UK subsidiary, which was much, much smaller, um, was bought by HBC for one pound. Um, and then the debt for SB, SVBB in the US was bought by Goldman Sachs. It's good debt, right? Like their loans. So this is pretty normal. In 2008, um, what, what happened is when Washington Mutual, the government basically, FDIC comes over and they basically sell it off. Um, we should see that same type of thing. And essentially, if you're banking with these banks, while it's a bit of a pain in the butt, you, you're made whole, you're kind of in in one sense, sometimes even the account numbers transfer over. Everything stays the same, and basically someone assumes it, just as if there was a buyout. So, definitely more to come. I I we we said we would be short today because we I I have to run. But what we're gonna do is we're our next next week when we tape, we're gonna kind of tie the knot here and talk about what we've learned in the week because um, the reality is this started on a Friday and yesterday, kind of everything. Uh, happened and the stocks went crazy and you know we'll talk about First Republic Bank next week a little bit because it's a very very healthy bank that got caught up in this mix and stocks plummeted sixty and seventy percent because of emotion and then uh, I read an article this morning of like brave investors buying and that you know what I'd say is this is how investors make a lot of money is when I wish I had a ton of money because <laughs> you know, the, some of these banks are very very safe and they're just going through what is driven by human emotion. The thing that is the most risk is if a whole bunch of people panic, then there becomes a real challenge. And I think that's why the government did what they're they're doing. So um, we're going to tune out and thank you for listening. And we'll, we'll absolutely revisit this. I think we'll have a whole nother episode just about this topic. We'll probably have some more meat by then because a lot of it's being released as we speak. And we need to do a little bit of uh, digging around reading reports versus what the news say. I think uh, Sean and I are uh, understand some of the ins and outs here. So some of the stuff in the news is clearly inaccurate. So it's like, oh, that's not actually what's happening. Um, and then this is all very public information. Like you can search right now what size a bank is, what assets they have. This is all very easy stuff to verify. Um, and if it sounds crazy, it probably is. Right. <laughs> like, like right. That, that. It, it probably is. But that said, there are some crazy things happening as well. So yes. Yeah, a lot of crazy things. Uh, with that, I, Sean, any final words? Uh, no, no. Just hope everybody is uh, paying attention to the news and don't panic. Uh, as Tom said, they seem to have it under control. You're you're likely fine. Um, but yeah, we're gonna we're gonna do a little more digging, and we'll be back with you next week. Awesome. Yeah. Thank you for listening, and we will see you in a week. Thanks for listening to the Cash News Podcast. We hope you found this episode insightful. Don't forget to like and review us on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Follow us on LinkedIn and Twitter, and be sure to visit us at thecashnews.com to stay up to date with the latest on the world of cash. Thanks again for listening to the Cash News Podcast.